Welcome to TCG Asset. I'm your host, Paul, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I want to talk to you specifically about how to optimize how much you're making when you're selling your TCGs. How can we maximize the revenues and the profits that you're coming in? I don't care if you're a larger business, maybe even got a brick and mortar store and you're doing pretty well for yourself, making all kinds of fat profit margins. And it doesn't matter what brand you're selling, Pokemon, Magic, Flesh and Blood, MetaZoo, a little bit of everything. This applies to everybody, as well as those individual sellers and stores that might just be on eBay and Mercari or wherever you are, Facebook Marketplace even. So stay tuned, guys. I got a lot of good tips for you. First off is the budget. You got to understand how much is coming in and how much is going out, right? What's your cost basis? How much are you paying for these cards? If you're doing singles, it's individual cards. Maybe you're doing some kind of specialty item or you're doing sealed product, usually a combination, right? But you got to understand how much you're spending and how much is coming in. And that seems obvious, right? But we're going to get a little bit more in depth here. And before I want to talk, I get in depth on this tip, I want to say that I'm not a licensed financial advisor. I'm not a tax professional. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not really anybody. I just hope you find this advice useful. I've, it's basically through experience and my own research that I've done. So again, this tip is really one of the most basic ones, but it applies to any business venture in the entire world and pretty much for the rest of time. The only way to know if you're making money is to know how much you paid for it and how much you sold it for. A lot of you may be doing this already, but a lot of you probably aren't, like I wasn't when I first started. It really depends on the particular situation, but if you're selling more than $1,000 of items in a month, right, uh, revenues, not profit, you should probably be keeping track. But trust me, guys, if you sit down and you go and you make a spreadsheet and all you have to do is say, when did I buy it, how much for, and how much did I sell it for? That's only three columns of data. And if even you're selling $1,000 worth of stuff every month, that's not that much because booster boxes are basically 100 So figure 10 booster boxes. But please don't fall into the trap that a lot of people do that I myself have fallen into. And that's saying that it's not worth my time. I don't have time to make the spreadsheet. I, I got to go in. I got to revise it. And I got to remember to do it. There's all these things, right? All these t new tasks that you didn't have before. But I finally learned that it makes it easier in the long run. If you're like me and trying to work on a few projects all at once and working a job on top of it, your mind literally can't hold all this information. Whether you think you can or not, you just can't, especially the more things you pile on. And I forget about all the other stuff, family, the daily routines and all this you know, self-improvement and everything that goes on in a person's life. There's just no way to remember all those details. So please take advantage of writing it down. Get in the habit now because it's really going to matter long term. And especially if you get bigger and more successful, you're going to be like, why didn't I do this, you know, years ago, man. All right, guys, tip number two out of five for this podcast. You got to focus your resources. We only have so much time and money. This is one of my most difficult tips, and I still continue to struggle with this personally. I've been learning more and more about niche marketing and how important it is to focus down as narrow as possible, even if you're only marketing to one person, literally one individual. That's better than trying to be way too broad because you're not going to get anywhere. And I'm talking about when, when you're trying to sell your stuff or promote your brand or your items. Could be Instagram or Mercari or Facebook, eBay. It doesn't matter because you want people to think about you when they think about a certain product or a certain card. Oh yeah, this brand over here, he's really good. He's got the best selection of Pikachus. He's got the promos. He's got the Japanese promos. He's got everything. So the other reason you want to focus your time and your money is because you're going to become more specialized and experienced with that particular product or that particular set, which is even better within a brand or a product. 
Evolving Skies is a great example. That came out August of 2021, just last fall, or summer rather, and that's a great example. This is one of the best products in the last 10 years of Pokemon, in my opinion, and it would be fantastic to literally just focus on buying as much as Evolving Skies product as I can. They got booster boxes, elite trainer boxes, all sorts of other products that you can buy, sleeve boosters and these specialty packs that include other packs from different sets, but let's think about it. Picture just buying 10 booster box cases of Evolving Skies. That means you get 60 booster boxes, and if they're going for 140 right now, that puts you at about $8,600, I think. So that's a lot of money for a lot of us because we don't have all kinds of cash to be putting down on this type of thing, especially if you're not focused with where you're spending your money. So the point here with tip two is focus as much as you can. I went to one end of the extreme, uh, one end of the spectrum, right, where you just spend it all on Evolving Skies, one, literally one set, and just 10 cases, one product within one set within one brand, right? Now, I don't have that kind of willpower. I'm all over the place. But I like to be a little more diversified, too, so I can justify it. The more focused you are, the more specialized you become, okay? And so even though I wouldn't be able to go and just buy one set because I don't have the willpower and I think it's a little too risky because who knows, you know, I know Evolving Skies will never tank, but you pick the wrong set and it tanks, right? But so I, I've, I've narrowed it down to basically four brands, you know, Pokemon, Magic, Flesh and Blood, and MetaZoo to get a little bit more of those kind of blue chip companies in there, right? Not that I'm a financial advisor or ever have been, right? I like a little more risk and to be a little more diversified. There's a good chance that MetaZoo and or Flesh and Blood are just crazy. We look back 10 years from now, you know, oh man, look how cheap that was. Too bad it's not like that anymore, you know, but I don't want to be looking back and not have any product to be able to say, oh, look at the gains I made and... and and be in that position like I was with Pokemon for so long. It was just so down. And I did focus on Pokemon, but I didn't hold out long enough. I was, I sold a lot as it was going up and thought, oh, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. But of course, I came back and now I'm back with a vengeance and I'm, I'm just gone absolutely crazy. Try to stay as focused as you can. And this really helps with writing things down and goal setting. What are your goals? You know, do I want to complete fossil or base set uh, PSA 10? Um, from Pokemon? Do I want to get old magic boxes? It doesn't really matter. Just just pick something and, and stay with it, right? That's the idea here. All right, tip number three here. Being too critical of your decisions, overthinking them, and giving up when you fail. As in when you fail, not if you fail, but when you fail. So I'm going to pull a classic from the old business handbook, but put a twist on it to apply it to trading cards, of course, TCGs. So this cliche is obvious to a lot of us, especially if you've actually gone and failed, and then given yourself time to reflect on why and how you can do better next time. But if you haven't failed yet, then it's coming pretty soon, or you haven't acknowledged that you already have. And the cliche, the cliche is that this is a good thing. The only way to grow and get better is to fail. If you're successful in every little thing that you do, there's never any problems, then you're never going to change anything. And you're, if you're not going to change anything, that means that you're not going to be able to work out any problems or bugs that are inherently present in any endeavor, no matter how small or large. But the first thing is just acknowledging it. And the second thing is not getting too down on yourself and being able to give yourself time to go back and reflect on what happened and how you can do it better next time. So I got to tell you guys, Shining Legends... This is the first holiday set of Sun and Moon. It came out uh, August 2017, I think. First set since Neo Destiny, since 2003, the original WotC cards. The first set that had Shining Pokemon in it. The, the holiday, they introduced the holiday set. Elite Trainer Boxes was the, the best you could do. There's no booster boxes for Shining Legends, as with all holiday Pokemon sets. Champions Pass, Shining Fates, Hidden Fates, you name it. 
And so I, this was right in the beginning, basically, man, I, after I sold a lot of stuff of, of the raw Watsy cards that I had, and I said, man, I did my research and I said, the demand is still here. I couldn't believe that demand for new Pokemon product was still present. You know, it was low. And Okay, so at this point, this is August 2020 or so, about there. Shining Legends ETBs were all over eBay for about 80 bucks. $90 free shipping, that's what it was. $90 free shipping. And so you had to pay some tax. Basically, my cost basis was about 100 bucks. So what I did, I said, you know, I'm not going to miss out again because I, I missed out on PSA cards. I had a bunch of PSA graded cards, and I sold them as, start, as they started going up. But then they started going up and up and up, and they, they retracted a little bit, but not really, you know. And it's like, man, missed, missed that boat. And now that I see how much demand there is for Pokemon, and it was just, it was just crazy. And so during that time, August, September, October, I basically put about five grand in just into Shining Legends ETBs. And you say, man, what a great investment. You you did good. You took a chance. You took a risk. And, and you did it. And my cost basis was 100 bucks. So I got, I think it was like 48 boxes or something of Shining Legends ETBs. Go look now. By the way, they're 320 They might have dropped down to 280 or something. I don't know. They tripled, essentially, in the last two years, right? And there's all sorts of circumstances and criteria. Why that happened, this is a big topic, right? The great boom of Pokemon in 2021. Well, you know, we'll talk about that throughout this series, of course. But anyways, so I'm sitting on them for a while because at that mo at that time I was like, I was looking at uh, you know black and white booster boxes, heart gold booster boxes. I already knew what the Watsy stuff was doing. A sealed Neo Destiny box is like, man, thirty forty grand. Even fossil boxes, which were even older, were like you know eight to ten grand at that point. It's like man, they were a hundred dollars when they came out. Ten ten thousand dollars doesn't matter what the percent gain is. Basically zero. Your cost basis a hundred bucks. I don't care when it's worth ten thousand. Right. That was the idea. And then I kept seeing this throughout history. Heart gold boxes. Man, they were like going for twenty five hundred, three thousand. They were only ten years old. But every the point was every single Pokemon product in the history of Pokemon had appreciated like a crazy amount. So this was back in the day. Furious Fists, one of the worst sets basically of X Y. I, sorry, I take that back. Steam Siege <laughs> Evolution was crapped on for a while, but then all of a sudden people loved it, you know, and just went crazy. It's like $800 a box now after topping out at twelve, thirteen hundred, $1,300, I think. Anyways, see these things happen, and even Furious Fist back then was like 400 bucks a box. Like, it's been six years or whatever, and it went up $400. And then I started learning about how... The relationship between singles and sealed, and I go look at those single prices of Furious Fist, and I'm like, why? Why is this box $400 when, when the best cards, I think it was a Full Art Lucario or something, I mean, it's okay, it was like 30 bucks, 40 bucks, go get it near mint, you know, great condition, and I just didn't understand, but then when you compare that to everything else, and you say, oh man, XY base, that was like 800 and I'm telling you, all these boxes are about $90 when they come out. Whatever, cost basis, $80 to $100. Anyways, so the Shining Legends ETBs, I had them and I sat on them for a while. I'm like, I'm going to keep these 5, 10 years and I'm going to make a bunch of money because that's the history. That's what it's been doing. But then I got, I did a bad thing and I started opening them. I started selling them when they crept up and I made, you know, I definitely made like money on them like they were selling them at 150 a few of them i sold a few it got up to 200 but then there was a point there i might have sold 15 of them or something maybe not even that many but then i opened up the rest and i told myself but the prices are going to come back down i thought i understood the market that was my mistake this was my failure because obviously i mean 
they tripled essentially. Okay, five grand to fifteen grand, and I should have kept them because it's only been two years. And imagine another five years. Imagine another ten. Maybe even twenty years goes by. You think Shining Legends ETBs are going to be three hundred? Well, they might be, but Pokemon's not going anywhere, right? I mean, this is a strong billion-dollar brand that they're not going to die. You know, at least that's my opinion. And the trading cards are just going to keep going up, especially the sealed stuff. That's the history. That's the data I have, you know, and so I formed this opinion. Anyways, so I opened it up and I thought, you know, I'm going to sell the cards because the cards were hot too then. Everything was up. And I'll sell the cards and then when the boxes come back down, I'll just buy the boxes with the profits that I made from the cards. And so the mistake I made was thinking that I would understand both the singles market and the sealed market of one particular set. I said, oh, the boxes are going to come back down. I'll buy more Elite Trainer boxes later. Guess what? Didn't work out. And now it's like 300 bucks for that? It's tough. You know, I'm, I'll probably get a few just to have, but that's a, that's a tough price point for one item. When you can get, man, I, just the other day, I bought an Elite Trainer box case of Fusion Strike, the most recent um, set that came out for 300 bucks. So it's like 10 ETBs versus one. And I know, of course, there's much more value in the Shining Legends, but who knows what Fusion Strike is going to do? And I'm banking on that it's going to go up just like everything does with sealed pokemon anyways i learned a lot from that um not enough because i opened up hidden fates too but we'll we'll talk about that at a different time but anyways still got the cards so that's great but the cards have basically tanked i think you know that the jirachi went down to like 13 15 dollars or something the point is i didn't get too down on myself and i, I tried to look up and say okay well i learned a lesson i'm not going to do that again and now i don't open card if i want a card i buy it that was the lesson I learned. I'm not going to go searching for cards because a lot of those packs, you don't get anything, even in Shining Legends. You know, I got maybe five to six of each of the Shining cards, but it wasn't worth it. You lost, you lose money when you open up um, sealed product to get cards. Buy the cards. Do not open your sealed. If you're trying to make money, right? Obviously, I had a, <laughs> I had so much fun doing that. I got all those Shining Ho-Ho's, the promos and the ETBs. But if the goal is to make money... Obviously, you can have fun and make money at the same time, but if, you're, if your primary goal is to make money, then keep your sealed stuff sealed. Put it in a closet and forget about it, okay? So that's tip number three. That's my story on failure. So this is a point where I wanted to say, uh, please check out my YouTube channel. I'll be posting there pretty soon. I have a blog, tcgasset.com. Uh, where I also have a database of uh, TCG investability scores, basically, where I assign a score to basically every Pokemon set that has come out. As well, I'm working on Magic as well, and I have Flesh and Blood and MetaZoo in there, but you know, you need a lot more time and data to go by to do those. But it's free, completely free, of course. Go check it out, tcgasset.com. I'm on Instagram, just tcgasset, uh, posting the scores and, and a, a few other things, kind of uh, my cards that I have and uh, what's going on in the world of TCGs and my own life about getting, I'm going to get the YouTube channel together, post about that. So if you're interested in that, check it out on Instagram and YouTube. So let's get into tip number four, which is let's let time do its thing. Try not to be impatient with moving product. So this tip is really for everyone, whether or not you're just starting out or you already got a pretty successful TCG side hustle or business going on. The reason is because when we look at the data of selling history and just the general price of particular products and sets, no matter really what brand or individual set we're talking about, sealed product has always gone up. That's what I was just talking about with my story with Shining Legends. That's the reason I bought those Shining Legends boxes because I saw that and realized the sealed product always goes up. So 
there's a caveat, right? Though it may not be true within the time frame of a year or even two years, but you got to give it enough time. And after enough time, there's not going to be any more of this stuff around. Eventually, because it stops being printed, that's basically a guarantee. People have already opened up a ton of this stuff, and all of a sudden you find that there's really not that much sealed stuff. But oftentimes, people still want to open it. People want to buy it and collect it. And so that that's a decrease in supply of sealed product to open it and just have a booster box. A lot of people just like collecting the booster boxes and put it on a shelf now for display. But that decrease in supply, you know, paired with a sustainable demand, like we're talking about, people still want it, that leads to an increase in price. And it's kind of doubled over if you know your economics. If you have an increase in demand and just the supply stays the same, doesn't do anything, there's an increase in price. So we have a doubling down effect of sorts. And that's why some boxes can reach a few hundred dollars after a few years. Some of these magic sets, right? Even Kaladesh, I mean, that's five, six years now. Um, but and it's 500 bucks, you know, Commander Legends is expected to do the same thing. You know, we'll see. I got a decent position in there, but I'd like a, little, a few more before it really goes above 150. But anyways, this is true for every single Pokemon product that has ever come out in the history of Pokemon. And it's not my opinion or something I'm just saying. That's what I was saying about the Shining Legends. I've gone and looked at every single booster box in the history of Pokemon. And it sounds like, oh my god, that's a crazy thing. And there's there's like 90 booster boxes, 90 sets of Pokemon cards, right? But it doesn't take that much. I mean, you just go and do it and go on eBay because they're not on TCG Player. You know, maybe not half of them, but there's a ton that aren't on TCG Player because there's just not that many left. Go, go try to find a fossil first edition box. Or better yet, base first edition Shadowless. You know, that's probably not and TCG player, if it's even on eBay, right? But you just look at the price and say, oh, well, this was $90 when it came out, because they're all that. And I, again, I don't care if it was 50 to $200 when the price of these things are thousands, right? It doesn't matter. They're all have gone up so much. So the tip here, I would really encourage you, even if you're already running you know, a successful business, buy an extra box or two and put it away for a couple years or even longer. I know it's easy to go in and be impatient and say, I got to flip this stuff. I got to get it out of here. I got to bring in new money. But trust me, just a couple of products start with just one or even an elite trainer box. Put it away. Don't sell it. Just keep it and let it appreciate over time. And ultimately what happens is you're going to make a lot more money than if you sold it initially. It's a buy and hold strategy. It works in literally any of the market, right? Stocks, if you're buying good stocks, you know, index funds, of course. Real estate, if you're buying in a good market, it's all about the market, right? And if you're buying the right products, you know, basically any Pokemon product is. If you extend the timeline out to a few years, five plus years, you know, you got to be a little more careful with magic. You know, you'll look at the 2013 stuff. It's not as doing as well. It's still 250, right? But, you know, it's eh, it's not great after going on 10 years now. You know, Flesh and Blood, MetaZoo, those are new ones, so you got to be really careful. Only buy Flesh and Blood and MetaZoo if you're, like, looking to add some risk and some uh, diversification in your trading card game, you know, your TCG portfolio portfolio, we'll call it. I'm not a financial advisor. You know, most of the time I sit here, I can't afford, you know, decent haircut, all that stuff. So this is all my opinion, right? This is not advice. You can't take this as legal financial advice. Okay. The last thing I want to say is it's a crazy ride and have fun with it, right? But do not be impatient. Give yourself some time. You know, you don't, you're not, you're going to buy something and then you're going to check it a week later and you're like, oh, it went down. Might have gone up. I don't know. It's not going to go up that much. Unless you got a, a lucky one and all of a sudden it blows up because of whatever reasons we can't understand. Because we have we don't have all the information. And that's the point of a market. But if you let time do its thing, it's going to take care of you. And that's that's the truth, man. 
All right, the last tip of the day, guys, the number five tip here. It's, it's one of my favorites. It really applies to any business, but what you want to do is make it personal. People can buy cards, product, whatever you want to call it or do, the same exact cards, maybe even cheaper sometimes from anyone. There's, there's thousands, maybe millions of people around the world that people can go and buy this product from. And you got to ask yourself, why should they buy it from you? And if you think about that for too much, you let that get out of control, you're a little bit of a pessimist, you know, half glass empty type of person. Well, you might be like, well, how am I supposed to make my mark? This is ridiculous. There's just way too much competition. But the secret is really putting your personality behind your logo and your brand. Whether it's Instagram, Facebook, eBay, or all of them, it doesn't matter. What you need to do is put your personality into it. Because ultimately, that's what people are coming for in the end. I just said they can go anywhere, you know, for a Hidden Fates Elite Trainer Box. You know, it's a little bit old, but you can find that anywhere. And there's literally tens of thousands of people on eBay and TCG Player that you can go and buy that same exact product, sealed, brand new. 90% of the time, it's just going to be the sealed box, great seal. There's not going to be anything wrong with it, you know, because it's so new and there's so much of it out there still right now because it's not that old. You, you just go buy it from whoever you want. But how do you get people to come back to yours, right? It's about the personality. I keep saying it over and over, I know, but how do you do that, right? You want them to have a good experience. It's about good customer service. It's about treating them with respect, giving them a little added bonus, you know, a little thank you in the card or some extra cards that don't really cost you anything, but they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go buy some Pokemon cards. They're, they're, you know, okay, so next time they want to buy Pokemon cards, they say to themselves, oh, okay, I want to buy Pokemon cards. This is the logical thought process they have, right? Oh yeah, this guy, he treated me great. I'm going to go back to him or, or gal or anyone, right? You know, after time, people don't really care about the price or a few extra bucks or maybe even 10%, you know, as opposed to somebody else they can get it from on eBay, cheaper or more expensive. It's about trust. It's about the fact that they know that they're going to get a good experience. They're not going to have any problems with the cards. They're going to walk away feeling good and satisfied with what they've done by purchasing it from you. So there's a lot of different things you can do. That's out of the scope of this episode, but I want you to start thinking about that. How do I make it my own? You know, with trading cards, it's real easy. You know, just try giving them a few extra cards that don't cost you anything or your cost base of 50 cents or whatever, because it's way more important for them to come back than your 50 cents, you know, or even after 100 people, what is that, 50 bucks? You know, who cares after all that, right? If you're worrying about 50 bucks over the course of 100 people or the course of a few months, well, you're thinking too small, you know? Be, be a little bigger than that, right? But the Okay, so the concept is, is an age-old concept. It's been run into the ground over and over and over and over, but it doesn't really matter what you're selling or even if it's a service or a product. It really, truly is one of the most important things. And if you do this for long enough and you do it for well enough, you know, a few years at least, five, maybe even ten years, it sounds like a long time, but it's not when it comes to businesses being around and being established. You're going to be where you want to be in terms of your goals. If you want to have a huge company that's bringing in all kinds of revenues or even if you just want to bring in a little bit more, you know, how do, how do you go that extra mile? How do you make somebody say, man, this is the person that I want to come back to when I think about buying Pokemon cards. So that's it for this one, guys. Your five tips that you can put into practice today. I recommend you just go and try one of them because I'm serious. It's going to help you, right? Now, in the next episode, what I want to talk about is basically the two paths that you can take in order to make money selling TCGs, especially if you're getting started. We'll go into a lot of detail about how you can start buying and churning out product, which basically basically means taking it and then trying to flip it for a higher price. Your profit margins are really small, but if you have small profit margins, you know, you're bringing in small uh, margins, small amounts of revenue on top of your cost basis, then you need to have a lot of volume. 
or turn a lot of product to make mo enough money to sustain yourself or even to make it worth it, worth your time, right? The other way to go about it is to buy some sealed product, some high quality items, you know, like booster boxes, premium collections, just put them in your closet, just toss them in there. Don't even think about it until a few years have passed. You know, maybe next month buy some more and then put them in your closet, right? By that time, you'll likely have doubled your money or more depending on the product and the state of the market, of course. This is for two different types of personalities, right? The, the buy and hold kind of mindset and, and the guy who's, or the person who's constantly thinking, okay, I got to churn, I got to make some money. How, how am I going to do this? You know, it's more of a active type of uh, business person rather than just a passive investor. So you really want to think about how you want to do it and how your personality is reflected into that. But more realistically, you're probably going to have a combination of these. You know, say 70% turning and flipping cards on the regular, while 30% is your buy and hold position, or the opposite, right? Um, that's more realistic. But think about these things, and that's what really what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Uh, two weeks from now, I'm going to start doing it twice a month for the podcast, and then I'm going to try to do it every week. So stay tuned. That's coming in the next episode. So that's everything I wanted to cover in this podcast, and I know that it's a lot of information, but if you follow me on Instagram, you'll be able to get this kind of stuff in a very succinct and concise manner through my posts and reels. These podcasts are really meant for a more in-depth conversation and engagement about these topics. I'm also starting a YouTube channel, which I mentioned before. It'll be more concise and focused on more of an entertainment spin to keep you guys excited about new product coming out, what the markets are doing, you know, market updates based on data, hard data that we can look at and say, oh, let's make a conclusion based on this, this data that we see. So please, I really love doing this, and I'm really glad that I can bring you guys this content. So if you found it useful, please leave a review here, comment, bring up a discussion point. I'll try to respond to everybody. Go to the Instagram, go to YouTube, give me some support and love. That's how we operate, you know, in this 21st century, all the algorithms. And I also want to know what you guys think. And if I get more feedback on one thing, I say, oh, okay, well, that's working. This isn't, and it becomes refined over and over. So, uh... That's it for this first episode. Thank you so much for listening and joining me.